podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It slightly favours the right footer here, but Griffiths, having got the goal, goes again. Okay, it's about time we have another Hamden Roar. We've got a friendly against Turkey coming up in a couple of weeks' time. It's at the end of what's been a pretty grueling couple of months for pretty much every player involved in the Scotland setup. So, myself, Andy Barge, and this evening's guest, Alan Risk, just the one guest this evening, Alan Risk from the Air Force One Twitter page, thought we'd have a wee look at those on the periphery of the Scotland squad who could come in who might drop out ahead of what is just a wee tick over, a wee tick box for Steve Clark and his squad when everyone else is off to the World Cup. So, Alan, it's the uh, first time since the early 60s we've played Turkey. Is this friendly capturing your attention at all? Um, to be honest with you, um, it, it is because it's Scotland um, and it's a chance for new players to come in and get some minutes in the park. But as a, as a sort of lone game far away, um, not even in Istanbul, um, it's, it almost feels sort of uh, sort of uh, meaningless in a way. But the thing is, like um, Clark said before, um, we're on a sort of good run now. Um, every game is a chance to continue that run. Um, and if we can get some some either fresh blood or get players more minutes, then um, I'm sure that's what we'll see. Speaking of friendlies, before we go any further, England at Hamden next September for the celebrations and anniversary of the first ever international game between Scotland and England years and years ago, now 1918-72, wasn't it? That makes sense. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's a a really enticing prospect because, you know, we have played England quite a lot recently, Alan, but only once at Hamden. So we've played them three times at Wembley, once at Celtic Park, once at Hamden. So... It's going to be good, I think, and what what will be six years since Griffiths double um, when we, when it comes around, which is quite a frightening prospect and, and realization of time actually. But uh, it'll be good to to get them and a, a good occasion to. Yeah, uh, no, it will be. Yeah, it will definitely will be. Um, it's sort of a, it's it's in a good time. I think that that be in September. Um, there's talk of there being one more fixture yet to be announced um, for for next year. Um, it'll be brilliant because we'll have obviously. Um, the games in against Norway and Georgia in June um, will be at a pivotal point in sort of the, the calendar and then a chance to sort of just test ourselves against top-level opposition before we play Spain um, in the October. Um, so it's going to be a brilliant atmosphere. I'm expecting loads of uh, sort of other stuff surrounding the event because it is a massive celebration. Um, I said that's culminating it, so it's going to be, I guess, quite a busy summer. All the games are going to have an element of sort of celebration and anniversary around it. Um, so yeah, no, that'll be a quality game. Looking forward to that. Well, maybe by that time there will be a few fresher faces in the squad. Now, before we start or as we start this podcast, let me reiterate that this is not a cry for wholesale changes in the Scotland setup or an urgency for a transitional period. Nothing like that at all. Okay, we've got a, a pretty strong, settled-ish squad at the moment that have been on a good run for quite some time, barring 
couple of games in June there. So I'm not saying that we need to rip it up and and start including players that have got uh, one or two caps or maybe even none to their name. But just looking at those who might be in contention to come into the squad at some point over the next, uh, well, this season, let's say, uh, and starting with the friendly uh, against Turkey later this month. Now, if we look at the current or boys involved in the squad, Alan, I think it's safe to say that not involved will be Callum McGregor, Nathan Patterson, probably I can't see Everton allowing him to come away, even if he is back fit. Um, John Sutter is injured for a while. And Ryan Jack, I think, has picked up another little injury, injury with Rangers. Uh, is that right? So that would be four. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I think that's the thing that's going to be quite interesting with this um, this squad is we've got a lot of injuries um, either being sustained, like you said, McGregor's not going to be fit, I said, until at least after the break. Um, there is um, the likes of uh, Tierney, who's who's came back in after a, his issue um, over the summer, um, had a setback, but he made the first game of the season and he's he's still not getting regular minutes now. With Tommy Yasu sort of playing left back, there's a lot of talk about that not being down to Tierney's fitness or injury. Um, it's supposed to be down to a change in shape um, from Arteta. But um, whether he would want to just spend the time at Arsenal, recuperate, I don't know. But then I guess with us not being at the World Cup, these players are getting a month, even after the Turkey game, to recover and be back with their clubs. So it's an interesting one. But um yeah, I mean, there's Hickey as well. He's um, He's been out injured. Patterson's just back, so he, he'll probably want to stay. Um, I think for those those types of players, do they need to come away? But then also, is it good for them just to be around the squad and be around that positive atmosphere influence on the new guys who come in, um, especially for the younger ones? Um, so, um, yeah. It's, it's, it's especially never... considering they won't see each other again until March, certainly not all in the one camp. Absolutely, yeah. And that, I think that's... Um, that's obviously something because we saw obviously the switch to the back four. And I mean, with players coming back in who didn't experience that, the likes of Robertson, um, there um, it might be a chance for them to sort of hammer down on this, on, on that formation, um, test out against a new opposition um, away from home. But um, it's also going to be a chance for, I guess, um, you look at the players who maybe not getting the game time that we expected them to, like, like Billy Gilmore at Brighton. Um, the, the one argument to say he's not playing, so does he deserve to play against Turkey? But then we know he's a good player for Scotland, so should we just use this chance to give him the minutes that he so desperately needs um, so that he can go back to, to Brighton, get fit, get more minutes um, when the football resumes? I don't know what your take is on that. Uh, I would take Gilmore for sure. I think he would benefit from it, and I think we would as well. Uh, he didn't play in September because of his lack of game time uh, at club level, so... I think he probably would appreciate the chance to get back in and uh, stake a claim for a place. Since then, McGregor has been injured. Um, so I think a wee vacancy has opened up midfield there for him, along with Ryan Jack. So I think there is space for Gilmore, not only in this squad, but in the team, uh, provided he um, is not coming in completely cold to, to this squad. I, I think when Gilmore was included uh, in the Euro squad, he hadn't really been playing much Anyway, uh, he'd kind of just come into the Chelsea team towards the end of that period uh, and slotted in seamlessly. So I don't predict that it would be an issue for for Gilmore again. And I I think it would be good to see him back involved with the injuries we've got in midfield. uh, I think that one would would make sense, to be honest, yeah. Um, I think looking at the midfields, that's probably a good place to start, to be honest, because 
one of the boys on the periphery of the squad that has been on the lips of quite a lot, quite a lot of people over the last couple of weeks is Lewis Ferguson, who has settled quite quickly in Bologna. You've got a smile on your face, Alan. He's, uh, I don't think anyone expected uh, Lewis Ferguson to go out there and start playing 90 minutes from the word go, uh, contributing goals and assists every other week. It Naturally, as a young boy, I think he's only 22, out to Italy, new culture, new language, new surroundings, new teammates. Takes a wee while to, to hit your stride or at least try and find it. Um, now, he's now, or in the last couple of weeks, worked his way into the starting lineup for Bologna. Uh, and he's scored two goals in his last two games. He's, he's started three games in a row. This is coming at quite a good time for him, considering that in the September break, he was left out because Clark said to him, focus on breaking into the Bologna team first, and then you can, we can get you back involved. Yeah. Um, and I think um, it's just another story of uh, a player who's, uh, I mean, first of all, taken a leap of faith, gone to Italy. Not, not such a leap because he had sort of, the experience of knowing Hickey, um, chatting to him in squads, and then Hickey's obviously done what he's done, um, going to Brentford. But um, yeah, I think it's a, a phenomenal story. Just another young player um, cement himself, and obviously with the the manager Mihalovic, um, he was sacked um, after a indifferent start to the season, and then uh, Mota is now in charge, and been able to have a player uh, of that caliber in a similar position um, to learn from every single day. It must be so much fun yeah. um, for Ferguson. Um, I mean, um, I was I had the game on in the background on uh, Monday night against Monza, and I remember watching how he was watching the game, and I, I just not not totally focused on the game. And then uh, I, I scrolled through Twitter, and Grant Gendo was going mental because um, Ferguson was playing every every single position in the park by that stage. And uh, I think it was maybe just before half time. I started sat down. I thought, right, I'm just going to watch Ferguson for a little while and see how he's getting on. And he, honestly, he he was the heartbeat of that side. Um, Arnautovic was out injured, um, and there was a Ferguson's goal. He's in the centre forward position. First touch is phenomenal um, to get him out uh, onto his right foot, and then just smacks it in the bottom corner. Um, and even aside from his goal, if you just watched him, he was dictating to his teammates where to go. Um, he was spreading the ball, he was picking up the ball on the halfway line and dragging the team forward. Um, he was playing much more advanced, almost, I guess, a McGinn role. Um, and then he was on both wings at various stages of the match as well. And then back, um, ushering balls out to play for corners and stuff. So he was, he was your box to box, but he was phenomenal. Um, and yeah, it was, it was Monza, but it's Serie A. It's not easy. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to see him if he can keep up this vein of form, as you say, a couple of goals in his last couple of matches um, and come with the Scotland squad, it'll be interesting. But one interesting thing about Bologna um, is sort of, I don't know if it's just because they have a smaller squad, but there's always seems to be a necessity for players to be quite um, versatile uh, and play in different positions. So at the weekend, obviously, we saw Ferguson all over the park, um, a more advanced role than he's, he's usually been in. Um, but then you've got, obviously, Hickey, who played on both sides. And then Tommy Yasu, who's at Arsenal, he's a right back. Um, he can play obviously midfield as well, and he's at, he's at left back, um, uh, unseating Tierney. Um, and the, all these players have come through Bologna. Um, so I think one of the exciting things we're going to see we've already used Hickey for the Scottish national side, um, and we've got the option to use him at left back, and he's played right back. Um, but then Ferguson, as if he if he develops in his game, as we've seen him uh, the other night, uh, we're going to have a lot of players in the squad who can play pretty much anywhere. 
which is exciting. Sticking with Serie A, maybe Ferguson's arrival, along with the arrival of, of a couple of others, uh, and, and Josh Doig and Jack Hendry, whose who's place in the squad is pretty secure. Josh Doig was included in the most recent call-up. He's started well at Verona, a couple of goals as well to his name, but I think he has been injured. Yes, he got injured um, in the mid, mid-October, missed a couple of games, and he was back in the bench against Roma uh, at the weekend. So hopefully not long until Josh Doig is, is back playing games for Verona. Um, good to see another Scott going abroad doing well. But one Scott that's been out in Serie A for quite a considerable amount of time now and, and hasn't been recognised with an international call-up is, is Liam Henderson. Now, I know that we've been strong in midfield for a few years, Alan. Does it puzzle you that Henderson hasn't been included in a squad, at least considering he's been playing in Serie A um, now for at least three well, over in Italy for at least three, four years and in, in Serie A for a, a lot of that? It's, it's a difficult one because um, he's, he's, a, he's a good player. He's, he's, a, he's a tidy player. Um, he's chipped in with a couple of goals. He's getting tons of game time and, as you said, in a top league. Um, I think um, what has been pointed out is that I think a lot of a lot of his work is off the ball um, and we've got a lot of players who, are, who work hard. Um, for the team uh, in that Scotland setup, and so I think, I think he's a player who, I, I, unless there's a like a serious amount of injuries in that position, I, I can't I can't see him necessarily breaking in. Um, I don't. I think if he, he's a player who also if he came in, he'd do well. Um, there's there's no doubt about it. I think it's just that it's he doesn't he doesn't do anything too flash uh, that stands out. Uh, difference obviously in terms of right away. Is Ferguson and Hickey um, being a bit younger um, and having sort of um, headline moments um, more so than he is? But I mean, he's he's a quality player. Um, he's been promoted to that league on merit, um, and he's stuck it out. And uh, I think in interviews and stuff, his Italian's pretty good. So he's obviously he's loving life. He's, he's going to stick it out for a while there. Um, yeah, and you never know. You never know. Yeah, exactly. I listened to an, a really good interview with him um, about a month ago. With Graham Hunter on the you know, on Graham Hunter's football podcast, and it was quite enlightening. It was in two parts, uh, and he speaks about you know he had the option to go down to the English Championship when he was leaving Scotland, but he had a chat with his dad and just thought, you know what, I might as well try something different because if it doesn't go well, home will always be here. I'll always be able to come back and play in Scotland or down south for someone. So why don't I give it a bash in Italy, see how it goes? And he has been good. It wasn't his fault that a couple of clubs he played for went into financial trouble, but he's now become or he's embedded himself in that Empoli setup. And this this is not like he's playing for a side that are that are dreadful. I mean Empoli are if I was to equate them to like an English Premier League team or Scottish team, it would be like kind of Crystal Palace or something like that. You know? I mean they're not it's not like he's playing for a team that are searched to go down or battle in relegation all season. They kind of fluctuate between um well, in the middle region the middle third of the, the table probably. So I think the fact that he's playing week in, week out for a team at that level, I personally think it's worth getting him in, um, especially when they're maybe right now are a few injuries to Jack, um, an injury to Cal McGregor. Um, and if maybe not in the first squad, but if somebody in that position was then to pull out again, is it worth bringing in mm-hmm. uh, Liam Henderson? Because he's, he's he did speak in that interview about his desire to play for Scotland. That was like something that he's, he's really got his eye on and is striving towards, and he's not had any uh, indication on how close or, or how far it is from being achieved, yeah, I mean, um, it, it must be difficult because um, 
you hear all, you, you hear arguments all the time with these players saying, "Oh, well, if you come back and play in the championship, um, you'll and impress in the, the English Championship, you'll you'll have a chance of getting the national side." Um, but I mean, who would you rather play for? <laughs> I mean, even even if I'm sitting playing football manager, I'd much rather be sitting at Bologna <laughs> than I would at Rotherham. Um, it's it's a, it's a no-brainer. Um, don't get me wrong. I think the, the thing that the thing that Clark's done. I mean, Hickey came. I'm trying to think whether Hickey actually got into the setup before he moved to Brentford. Maybe he didn't. He did, um, uh, but he, I think he made his debut in the friendlies against Poland or Austria in March. There. I think. Yeah, but then even even Hendry. So Hendry was Hendry was abroad playing um, when mm-hmm. when he when he was getting caps. So I think Hart, Clark has shown that it doesn't really matter where you're playing unless you're playing for Vancouver. That um, you you won't get um, <laughs> you, 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 if you're impressed you'll get called up. I think it's and Henderson like we're really lucky that we're stacked in that in that department. I mean, you look at the guys who aren't even obviously in the, in the, in, the, in the equation just now in terms of your um, like guys who just come back to fitness. Lowry, um, for instance, um, at Rangers, um, young guys like that who are obviously completely different players. Lowry's obviously a playmaker compared to Henderson, but it's it's difficult for Henderson. Um, but again, if he ever gets a chance, I don't think he'd ever disappoint. I think he, a lot of people would become fans of him. And as I've shown, if you come into a squad, you impress, you tend to get kept on. Um, so here's hoping. He's 26, so there's still plenty of time. Well, well look, looking at the, the squad just now, midfielders that were included, uh, and I'm, I don't want to make this about Liam Henderson and his lack of activity or inclusion. Okay, I'm, I don't. I would like to see it, but I don't. It doesn't keep me up at night. Put it that way. Um, but looking at the midfielders, McGregor and Jack are out. Kenny McLean is playing for Norwich. Uh, he's actually just finished a three-game suspension, I think, for a red card. Um, so he's still playing. Uh, Stuart Armstrong, John McGinn. Although John McGinn was dropped recently, um, they're still playing regularly. Um, other centre mids. Uh, although Armstrong plays a bit further forward, other centre mids, McTominay uh, is playing at Man United, Turnbull kind of, yeah, is he really playing or not really starting at Celtic? And you've got um, Alan Campbell, who's in a squad recently as well, who will come to will come to the English Championship shortly. But looking at those names, is, is there space for Henderson in, in any capacity, starting, benched or not even stripped? No, nah, at the moment, I don't think so. At the moment, I don't think so. And then you've got the players on the periphery, like we spoke about, like Ferguson, who are who are going to be pushing for for starts. I think even the competition within the squad is is quite deep at the moment. So I, I can't see it right away. You know, Clark Clark really likes, and I, I like Kenny McLean as well. I think he's a good, tidy footballer. Um, Clark really really likes him, and the, and th- this is where the the value of certain characters comes into the squad as well. Not to, not to diminish McLean's quality on the park because he, he adds um, quality. But uh, off the park, he's a valuable member of the squad. I think he's uh, one of the more uh, boisterous or louder voices in the changing room. People like his company. Uh, and I think Clark, uh, as, as most bosses would in the workplace, I think recognises that that goes a long way to squad morale and, and how, how much his players uh, or how happy his players are feeling. Um, so, yeah, I don't see McLean, even though he's 31 in January, which seems to have crept up a wee bit. Um, I don't think that his days are... Um, necessarily numbered at the moment in the Scotland squad anyway um, but we'll move on to uh, where were we going with that yes because you segued into it quite nicely a moment ago Vancouver I wonder who you were talking about there um, so let's have a chat about 
two golden boys over in America um, with a nod to Johnny Russell as well, who's had another pretty decent season uh, with Kansas, is it? Kansas, I've forgotten off the top of my head who Johnny Russell plays for. That's terrible. Sporting Kansas, uh, Sporting yeah. Kansas, yeah. Um, yep, Johnny Russell, week in, week out, plays a lot of football over in MLS. He scored eight goals in the league this season, a couple more in the cup. But let's talk about Lewis Morgan and Ryan Gold. Um, bit of background for anyone who may be living under a rock. Um, Ryan Gold has just been named Vancouver's MVP. They're not a, they're not a brilliant team. They finished uh, mid-table in the Western Conference, but Ryan Gold contributed a lot. Um, eight goals, five assists, a couple more in the cup as well. Um, across the season, so goal contribution every other week, pretty much. Lewis Morgan's numbers are even more impressive, uh, and he plays for a pretty strong team, Lewis Morgan, New York Red New York Red Bulls. Um, they eventually reached the playoffs. I don't think they actually won, did they? Did Philadelphia win MLS? Uh, okay, terrible, I can't remember off the top of my head either, but uh, Lewis Yeah, Morgan- the, uh, since Cincinnati came back, I think Morgan got injured um, after scoring, and then uh, there was a bit of a collapse. No, I don't, not necessarily due to him getting injured, but um, they lost two one against Cincinnati, which was quite a big upset. Right. Okay. Uh, well, anyway, he has had a good regular season. In, anyway, Lewis Morgan, um, total appearances thirty seven, total goals eighteen. Uh, now, a lot of people, I think, do kind of stroke their chins um, and scratch their head about why this, why why their inclusion. Uh, hasn't been going to make a matter of urgency. Um, I think Gold's position in the midfield queue, just as we were talking about with Henderson, probably impacts that. If you look at the players uh, in that position, you've got Armstrong, you've got Christie, you've got McGinn. The way that Clark set up recently anyway, um, before the break, probably includes Fraser in that bracket as well behind the striker. So with Gold, I think it's just uh, the queue system. Uh, and with Lewis Morgan, initially, Clark really wasn't playing with wingers, so we all accepted Okay, uh, there's no real need for Lewis Morgan because his USP is not one that that Clark strives to use. If we play in this four two three one or four three three as we did in September, then maybe there is a shout for Lewis Morgan. But on top of that, as far as I'm aware from conversations, Clark's not interested in calling up players from MLS. So as long as, and you kind of said it tongue in cheek a moment ago, Alan, but as long as Morgan and Gold are out there, then don't really see. Any future for them in the in the Scotland's Scotland squad, which I think is is a bit unfortunate, um, because they both have uh, qualities. I think they would both bring something to the setup. Um, you can point to Lewis Morgan and say, "Yeah, well, he didn't do it at Celtic. He couldn't hack that move." Um, nobody, and then you could look to Gold and say, "Well, if somebody in one of Europe's big leagues wanted him, they would have got him because he was on a free." But I don't think they should necessarily be excluded just because. Um, they're playing in, in MLS at the moment because they're, they're both doing extremely well out there. Yeah, no, they are. Um, I think um, one of the... Uh, Rangel was uh, interviewed recently. Um, I can't remember where it was, but I saw the um, I saw the interview and he talked about one of the reasons he went to Vancouver because it, it was a long-term contract he got out there. And he's earning whatever it is, one and a half, two million pound a season. Um, so he's on good wages, which would probably have matched what he was getting offered in Europe. Um it was a long-term contract in a beautiful country and he said it was nice just to know where he's playing his football year after year. So, I mean, he's he's chosen, like, he knows where he's going to be. He's chosen a great city to play football and obviously he's performing there. I think it's difficult to get in, in Clark's head because the other thing that Gold said in this interview that was that he's never, he hasn't even heard from the Scottish setup since the last time he was involved with him. 
So it's, it's, I mean, you think, yeah, you get a tap, you get a phone call just saying, oh, we're watching you, you're doing well, keep up, mm-hmm. whatever, or just a reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. What's your take on that? Do you- I, th- I think I think it's strange because I uh, understand that logistically it can be quite difficult. And I think, I actually do think this impacts on Clark's decisions as well, is that by the time those boys were to travel over, um, let their bodies recover after the pretty arduous flight, um, especially from the West Coast to Canada, a bit different in Morgan's case. Um, but for Gold, especially if he was to fly over from Vancouver, he then needs to spend a day or some time recovering. He can't just roll into training, uh, impacts preparation. I think Clark genuinely takes that into account. I think with uh, with Lewis Morgan, it's a bit different. New York's only seven hours maybe on a flight, is it? Something yeah. like that. Um, so yeah. that's not as bad. Um but yeah, I think that their location, not, not necessarily just the quality of the league, but the location that they'd be coming from, how that impacts them, them seamlessly strolling into training and their preparation and readiness for a game, I think that does um, count for something um, in Clark's mind. Uh, I, I'm surprised, same as you, that Gold's saying there's been no con- contact. And this interview, I think I found the one you're talking about. Um, yeah, it's in the Times uh, yesterday, in fact, uh, in Gold's direct quote here, um, RE, a call-up. If it happens, then great, but I won't be upset if the next squad comes out and I'm not there. I've not had any contact from Scotland or the SFA since Gordon Strachan was in charge. It then goes on to say that he would be eligible to apply for Canadian citizenship once he completes his contract at Vancouver next year. Um, and that would be in time for the qualify. Uh, that would be in time for the uh, 2026 World Cup. Um, and they wouldn't need to qualify because they're being co-hosted. Um, so I'm pretty sure that that will be an appetising prospect for Gold if he feels that strongly about it. He does, he's quoted here as saying he's not thought about it, but who knows what's going to happen. Never say never. I'm not looking to force my way into the Scotland setup. If it happens, great. If not, we'll see where I am in a few years. So um, I don't know how serious Gold is being there. I wonder if that's um, some public noise yeah. to try and entice the SFA to do something about it because Gold's only 26, I think. 26, yeah. Uh, yep, 26. He's 27 on Boxing Day. Um, so I wonder if that's him trying to, you know, do the mating call himself and, and get the dark blue jersey on before uh, the prospect of playing for Canada becomes a very real one and he's forced into a decision. Yeah, and I mean, just if you try to just put your head where his is and you're thinking it's, it is difficult because you, you said he'll be 27 um, at the end of this year. And I mean, the chance to play at a World Cup, um, and I'm, I'm obviously even just qualifying for other tournaments, um, or just playing international football on a regular basis. I think once he gets, once he meets the criteria and he can get it, I mean, he, he doesn't know the conversations he has with his partner. He might want to stay in Vancouver, renew his contract, spend the rest of his life there, and then he, he's got no reason to say no. I think it's always going to feel like if he, if he was to do that, one, you just enjoy seeing him. Um, and I, I guess he's, he, if he goes on to play really well, he's just one that got away. But I guess the thing that this you've got as well is that we've not been exactly struggling without him. Yeah. So I, th- I, think, yeah. I think I think I think if we'd been pulverised in the Nations League there uh, and ended up being relegated and there there was a a clamour for change, then yeah, I think Gold probably would be even further ahead at the top of the queue for of that clamour than he is just now. Um, mm-hmm. I think as well it's important to remember, and I'm probably a bit guilty of this with Henderson. I only really see stuff on YouTube, but I don't really sit down and watch much Serie A on the telly unless you know it's it's a big game between Inter and Atalanta or something. Um, but I think it's 
play, I think players become better when we don't see them because I kind of keep. I think it can kind yeah. of when you see the numbers are good and, and, and stuff. It kind of keeps a bit of a, a romance and maybe even sometimes a myth alive. Um, so I, th- I think that we have to be self aware of that and, and acknowledge it. Um, but with mm-hmm. Golds and uh, Morgan not just chalking up good numbers, but being recognised by their clubs and their clubs' fans, I think that backs up that what they're doing is not um, a flash in the pan here. They've been doing it consistently over a full season now. Uh, and especially yeah. in Morgan's case, we're lighting wingers, Alan. We've got uh, Fraser. Um, I know Clark quite likes to play maybe with Armstrong on the right or Christie who can be who can invert, um, that sort of thing. But if we did want an out-and-out winger or somebody with a bit of pace, guile, uh, and a shot and a knife or goal, there can't be many at the moment that suit that more, apart from Ryan Fraser when who, when when he's on form, than than Morgan. And I can I can say that yeah. all of Morgan are his highlights on Twitter. Okay, I'll make that admission right now. Twitter and YouTube, I've kind of seen what Lewis Morgan's been getting up to, but it looks good. Yeah, no, you know you're right, and I'm in the same boat as you in terms of Morgan. I, I, I'm I quite lucky in terms of the times that I can um, catch some of the Vancouver games um, on free sports or whatever, but. Morgan, I haven't really seen, but he's obviously made the move to Red Bull um, and attracted attention when he was at when he was at Miami. Um, the good thing for well, I mean, in terms of uh, Clark and the uh, Morgan fans, he's injured by the sounds of it, so there's an excuse potentially that he, why he won't get um, get a call up there. But uh, I think it's, I think the, the difficulty is it's the the quality of the league is always one of the things that Scottish fans go to. And they'll, they'll argue that the MLS is of a lower standard than even the SPL. Nice. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you there. Um, I, w- I would say that it's, um, if anything, it's possibly equal standard. There's obviously individual players at each club who are much better, and there's obviously players at each club who are much much worse um, than the SPL standard. And going by the sort of um, the wage structure there and the MVP and um, the salary structures at, at these clubs, but. It's it's not a league that we can kind of we shouldn't be doing that. And the only, I think, like you said earlier, the only reason I can see that we don't pick players from there is because of the time difference and the acclimatization. Squads don't get that long together, so bringing these guys constantly. And I guess the other thing, it's a friendly in Turkey. Bring them across for one game when you could give it to someone else who's closer and maybe going to be involved more often. It's maybe the angle. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I think both the players have, have reason to feel aggrieved. Um, performing out their skin season and season. Russell, probably last season, he had a better year and he could, he could have felt aggrieved for not getting a call-up. Um, been a little, scoring less this year, but um, I think uh, all we can do is sit back and just see if Clark does anything. And obviously, if if, the, if all does come back to Europe and lights up, then the argument stands and we're all right, I guess. Yeah. With the, with, the, with the season now in MLS done, we won't really get a chance to, to see how they continue performing at club level before the call-ups and uh, before the sorry the camp in, in March for the European qualifiers but as we will get to continually see how Ferguson's doing in Italy and Doig etc we'll get to keep an eye on the English Championship guys who we'll come to now and we'll get to assess their credentials for inclusion but as far as the MLS guys are concerned that's really it isn't it? Yeah yeah I would say so it's a shame but that's uh, it seems to be the way that Clark, Clark looks at the league Yeah well let's go to the English Championship then uh there are a couple of names that I'll throw at you first and foremost. Uh, one player that I'm really keen to see more from uh, through no fault of his own is Jacob Brown. Uh, he's been in a good few squads now and through injury, through selection, he's had to pull out or hasn't been involved. Let me just pull up 
this season because he had a really good uh, goal return or goal contribution rate last season. He's only 20, just turned 24 this year. So he's young and he is just not long back from a thigh injury, which kept him out for a month. Uh, so he's got a couple of goals this season, uh, Jacob Brown, not as prolific as last season, but I'm sure if he's fit, he'll be involved because I'm sure Clark himself would like to have a better look at him than he's been able to have so far as well. Uh, Ross Stewart is still injured uh, for Sunderland, uh, which is a bit frustrating. Um, although with Dykes' resurgence at QPR, I'm not sure how much game time Stewart might have got anyway. Um, but yeah, I think we can uh, can Ross Stewart's inclusion for now. Um, defenders, Liam Lindsay and Dominic Hyam. Uh, Dominic Hyam playing for Blackburn Rovers at the moment, uh, who are doing well in the English Championship. They're certainly, and if they're not in the automatic promotion places, not far off them uh, the last time I saw the league table. Uh, let me just check here how much football Dominic Hyam is playing. Uh, they send him from Coventry. He's played every game. Yeah, well, there you go. He, um, so he can't be far off. He's even captained them as well. Uh, so we can't really afford to ignore the form uh, and the importance of someone like that to a team that's doing well in the English Championship, I would suggest, Alan. Uh, another yeah. Liam Lindsay he's been playing really well for Preston who are again up near the playoff places I think as it stands yeah they're 8th so uh, I actually thought Liam Lindsay might have been included over the years rather than still be waiting for his first uh, call up or cap but there we go uh, so the only other name I've got one in particular that I want to come to uh, in isolation but the only other one I'll group in with these guys is Alan Campbell he's been involved and I'm sure he will have plenty of involvement um, because he's a, he's a very specific type of midfielder that despite us having a lot of midfielders, we don't have many like Alan Campbell. So I think that serves him mm-hmm. uh, and his future pretty well in the Scottish national team. But from those names there, especially the defenders, um, does anything jump out at you? Yeah, I mean, Dominic Kayam, um, like you say, he's a he's a class act. Um, when you see him, uh, as you said, he got to captain um, Blackburn against uh, Sunderland this year to 0 win. Um and he's a player who's got he's got a brilliant backstory. Um, so he was at Coventry um, for five seasons, and um, he uh, he racked up close to I think it was 100, 170 odd appearances for them. And Coventry had a lot of issues in the background in terms of like not owning their their stadium or not playing in Coventry and sort of just he was a he he was a staple through that whole time for them, playing well, getting them through the promotions, and then um, kind of sort of out of the blue. Um, Blackburn picked him up in the summer um, and they've gone on from strength to strength because obviously everybody will remember the last season how um, Mitrovic and Brayton Diaz were sort of up there as the top scorers in that league um, for the whole year. So Blackburn keeping Diaz and then bringing in um, Iam is, I guess, absolutely gave them a boost for the promotion because they're sitting, I think you're right, they're sitting second or third um, um, before the fixtures tonight. Um, they're looking on track. Um, they're solid defensively, great going forward. Um, I really, uh, the Blackburn were a team that were in the league, uh, the Premier League. So I think one of the things that Hyam looked at when he was looking um, at going there was an established club. Um, so obviously we've got the one in the league. I think was it Dalglish, and then you had uh, Kevin Gallagher was there. Um, he got an appearance that season. So in terms of Scottish history, it's got it. Um, so he's a. He's a player that um, I'm very sure that he's on the fringe of the side um, and, he, and he'll find his cell in the squad. Other, other names you sort of mentioned there, like your, your, your Lindsay and stuff, these guys are maybe a year older. Um, but what age was... Hanley was out of the squad for a while and they came back in for the World Cup qualifiers, I think. 
Hanley, um, Hanley went three years without a cap, and he got called back yeah. up. Uh, in it was for the Austria two two game at Hamden. I'm sure that was the first game that he played in years. When he scored, and yeah. Hanley's Hanley's turning thirty one this month, so he was a terrible mass. But I think that means that he would have been twenty nine when that call up came. Aye. So I think that, that shows you that he's not... Defenders, obviously, I guess it's sort of like goalkeepers. It's They, they take longer to sort of mature and get, with these guys getting game time and stuff is important. So um, Haim's at a stage in his career now where he's he's, he's captaining a side um, at the top. Um, or he's done, he has captained a side, sorry, at the top. But he's certainly thought of to be in like leadership circle at Blackburn. Um, he's great on the ball. He scored that mental scorpion kick back in maybe the beginning of September or something. Um, if you haven't, if anybody hasn't seen it on on, uh, on Twitter or YouTube, just watch it. It's just ball. I think the ball comes in. I think it's a corner, and it's just like uh, yeah, it's just mental. He just catches it, um, and it goes in. He's uh, he moves away in celebration. So he's a he's quite a, a composed, a, a solid player who come into the squad, I guess, like Porteous did, and um, and won't disappoint anyone. Um, be a great option. Um, Elsewhere another, in that, another defender, uh, uh, another defender, uh, Alan Tom McIntyre uh, at yeah. uh, Reading, uh, mm-hmm. and him, him and uh, Dominic Hyam have both got under twenty-one caps. Three for McIntyre, five for Dominic Hyam. So they're known to the system. They must be interested and keen, absolutely. Um, so yeah. looking at the defenders we had in the last squad, obviously Porteous did a great job against Ukraine. So I'd imagine that he'll be. And there again, and it would probably be harsh to rip a starting place away from him. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure about Liam Cooper's fitness levels at the moment. Uh, I think he's he back now. So he, he was injured, but he is back playing now. Um, he played in, I think he played 90 minutes against Liverpool when they just won. Right, okay. Um, yeah, but you can yeah, so he, as well. Yeah. Tough, tough season for McKenna at Forest, but I think he's generally he's doing pretty well. Um, haven't yeah. seen any particularly harsh or uh, criticise, uh, critical. Uh, write-ups of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got Kingsley and Gallagher um, at Hearts and St Mirren who were in the last squad, I think, when we needed people to kind of just arrive on the scene pretty quickly and they were domestic. But if you were to yeah. up their inclusions along with Hyam, uh, for example, or Lindsay, does it make more sense to give uh, or shed some light on the English Championship guys, see what they can do? Yeah, I think it's. Um, I think if we take into sort of injuries and everything else into account, um, a player like Cooper, he's just came back, so he could probably do it. A bit of a, a bit of a break, but again, that's a difficult thing. We're not being at the World Cup; they're going to get a month after it. So, do they need? Uh, it's hard. Um, I mean, if you want to just see someone, um, yeah, like someone like I am coming in. I think McIntyre. It's a bit difficult. He, he's a left back. Um, he can play left centre back as well. Um, but he's probably quite far down the pecking order. I think he's came. He's he's a good player, and last season I thought he was probably unlucky not to get a call up. But um, does, he, does does he play? Came, are you talking about Tom McIntyre here? Tom McIntyre, yeah, does at Reading. He, he he's been play left centre back of a three. Or he, he's he left been, back. He, he, so he's I think he was a left back by trade, but he's left centre back uh, in the three. Um, I'm not sure what they're doing this season. Uh, the last few games, at least. His trans- um, I've seen his, a transfer. His transfer marks. Has got him at centre back on all but two games in the championship so far this season. So, ah, right. I think I think they were playing a back four last season. Um, if I mind right, and I remember uh, he was sitting at left back. I remember looking at him as sort of maybe third or fourth in the pecking order because he was he was really good last season. He scores a few goals as well. Um, 
But uh, this year, is, is, I think because since he came back from injury, it's, just, it's not been as consistent. Um, but uh, in terms of the players, you've got Murray Wallace as well. And I'm obviously a Falkirk fan, so um, he, he he came from, I think, from Rangers to Falkirk back in God, 2011, 2012 or something. Um, but he's a player who's sitting at Millwall um, just now. Um, Millwall are playing well, um, solid defensively. He's, he's captain this side. Um, again, a brilliant player, a brilliant story who's persevered through the leagues and yeah. is at the right age now. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think and, uh, Liam, <laughs> Liam uh, Lindsay's got, uh, I remember looking at stats for him and he, uh, something like in the first eight games of the season, maybe the first 10 games of the season, um, Preston had uh, six nil-nil draws and he played in every single one of them. <laughs> well, so his uh, job then, maybe the guys at the other end of the park aren't <laughs> yeah. his job, yeah. Yeah, so again, yeah, no, it's exciting. You've got, I think, five of the top six sides before tonight's fixtures had Scottish players in them uh, in the championship. So um, they're, they're doing whatever we're doing. We're doing it right at the moment. One of those, one of those sides um, is Sheffield United. Ollie McBurney's doing well. Alan, he's got seven league goals this season. Uh, so he might be returning to the form that he showed at Swansea, which eventually earned him his move to the Premier League with. Sheffield United, is there a place for Ollie McBurney in the Scotland squad in this kind of form? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think I've said it before that if we've got someone who's scoring goals at that rate, we, we're, we're not a side that can turn that down. Um, and I think he would, in my view, he would come in for, uh, wouldn't be, I would still call up Dykes and Adams, obviously. And Adams offers so much, but um, he would come in for your sort of Ross Stewart, so your Nisbets. Yeah. Um, I think that, th- that third slot is open to anyone who's scoring goals. It yeah. should be, in my, in my view. And I think uh, Sh- Shankland might have a claim, to be honest, for that third spot at the moment as well. Uh, he's in really good form for Hearts. Uh, and I I like, although he's a very different type of striker, um, to McBurney, um, I, I quite like. Uh, do you know what? Okay, here's, I would say that Shankland, um, although is, again, not really an identical or exactly similar type of striker to Griffiths is that sort of tar- uh, marksman that we could have in the squad, the sort of player where if the ball, if you want the ball to fall to someone in the box, it's him. Uh, yeah. I don't think we've really had that a lot over the years, apart from Griffiths when he had his little spell under Strachan. And, and even then, he only really scored two examples of that because his other two were free kicks. I mean, his goal against Slovenia was perfect. Like, picture perfect of ball falls to you in the box, it's in the back of the net. And the other one against Malta mm. was, was a tap-in. Um, I think Shankland is probably the closest thing that we've had to that capability in the Scotland squad in terms of a striker. Yeah. I don't think it's Adams. don't think it's Dykes. Stuart's good. I'm not sure it's, it's him either, though. Um, so I wonder if Shankland will get... I think... Um, I wonder whether, like, like, Swansea City, McBurney, like, when he was... I don't know if it was 2018, um, 2019... Um, that that with that McBurney was frightening, mm. um, and it just uh, he just never kicked on at international level. So I'm hoping, uh, yeah, if he gets chances and he can he can take them, um, but you never know him partnered up top with Adams, um, it could work. But what about um, what about Forrest? Forrest is a player who's uh, bagged a couple of goals. Is he out with the picture completely now for you? Uh, no, no. I, I still I, Forrest. I, I still think Forrest is never brought his best for Scotland apart from in two games, which has been unfortunate because he's he's had such a long and fruitful career at Celtic. 
Um, I don't think no, I don't think we can discount Forrest. Um, I think it'd be a valuable player to have in the squad, especially if Clark is now looking at the possibility of playing with um, wingers rather than wing backs. Um, so, yeah, yeah I, I, I'm not sure he would be in my starting Scotland team, but I, I would probably, I would probably have him involved. Um, although bear in mind now that we're we're talking about age, like Kenny McLean is suddenly turning thirty one in yeah. January. Stuart Armstrong's over that threshold as well. Forrest was thirty one in the summer. Um, so maybe Clark will, not not to say that players are finished at that stage, not by any means, but maybe Clark will look to players in this uh, friendly. Um, apart from the kind of certainties, maybe he'll look to use the rest of the squad or a number of the squad with ones that he doesn't know so much about that he wants to give an opportunity to, rather than someone like Forrest that's yeah. been there and done it. Well, been there certainly yeah. uh, so many times. I, I've seen them. Um, I've, I've seen calls for. I guess. Getting getting players involved to perhaps um, or maybe their eyes somewhere else. Like for instance, Elliot Anderson, um, get him in and get him capped. Obviously, there's the, the rules mean that even if you give him sort of three caps, is he still could switch to England? But I guess the thing is, we've got a positive camp with good guys in it, and if you get involved in that setup, people might just want to stay. Yeah. Um, so I mean, if 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 Elliot Anderson, I'm not sure about his injury status just now. If he's fit. And he wants to come. I would invite him, get him in the setup. Um, obviously, alongside Fraser, um, and then see how that goes. But I mean, I think um, I mean it's, it's not going to happen. But even a guy like Ben Doak, um, like every level, every step, every, he's not playing first team football. And obviously, that's uh, his time will come. He's sixteen, um, so there's no no rush. But just watching him, you 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 see every step up he takes. He's he is there's nothing to him. Um, and it's only a matter of time before he sort of takes the next step to first team football. Yeah, I, I'm with you on Anderson um, because again, I'm not sure how much he would play, but given that he's not exactly starting every week for Newcastle, uh, yeah. and there is time off after these friendlies, I don't, I don't see the drawback to inviting him at all from a Scotland or a Newcastle persuasion. I think I think that that's something that would make sense for everyone. And if he's keen, again, he's been yeah. he's been involved at under twenty one level, uh, and was again in September. I think that is something that makes sense. I don't think Clark sh- could or should litter the squad with these guys and get four or five of them up at the same time. But yeah, one or two, absolutely fine. For example, if it turns out that Nathan Patterson and uh, Aaron Hickey are unfit, I think Ralston will come mm-hmm. as a starting right back probably. Can't see Sods getting called up again. He's he's not really in the Motherwell team much at the moment. Do we invite Calvin Ramsey? Is is it something that we should look to do with him, for example? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think you're right. Um, I think uh, as we saw with sort of the the Euros squad, um, how he had that extra three places and he, he brought in Patterson and, and Gilmore. Um, I think Turnbull was the third one there. Um, I if you if you drip feed them in, it, it's positive. I think the good thing is if you get players. Like your Andersons um, and Dokes and Ramseys, these players are, barring anything major, these players are going to be playing first team football. So eventually for Scotland, and so if you get them in early, bed them in, even if they're not playing games, they know the setup, they're ready for it. Um, so it's not a shock when they get called up in two years' time or something. Um, and also, as I think we're, we're obviously we we love it. We we love new faces. We love something exciting. Um, even though we've got a great squad and exciting players. All these young guys coming through, they they just give you, they just keep that energy coming, um, and we're really lucky the amount of players we've got coming through. I think 
if we can just get a, a goalkeeper, and we'll probably, I don't know what you're thinking there. I think he had McCrory in the last squad. Um, I'd like to see someone else from apart from Gordon Stark, but then oh, is he trying to give him more caps? He's chasing records. It's difficult as well. Yeah, I think you're right with the the keeper situation. Uh, Liam Kelly is probably going to be the next one after Craig Gordon, depending when Gordon hangs his gloves up, because at the moment it, it looks like he's probably going to carry on at least to the summer, which would mean another four internationals or so. And at that point, as we try to get to the Euros again, he didn't play in the last Euros, remember? So will he have that uh, in front of him as a target to play a major tournament for Scotland? And if he does... Let me just Google Craig Gordon's age here. That means that he would be 41 when the Euros come around. Um, and maybe he's got it in his mind that he wants to get Scotland to the Euros, play there, and then he'll call it a day after that. By which point, Liam Kelly would be uh, in 18 months' time, uh, 28. So I think that that... Yeah, that's caught me off guard, to be honest. I think that Kelly probably deserves a shot just to, to pull on the jersey um, before then. Um, unless Robbie McCrory goes on to be Rangers number one pretty soon, which, well, let's be honest, the way things are going could be a possibility. Um, so I think it's probably going to be between Kelly and depending on McCrory, he can enter the conversation um, wherever he ends up, um, whenever he ends up playing regular, regularly. I think this friendly in Turkey would be the perfect time to give to give Kelly a shot Um Maybe play if, if Gordon wants another cap, you know what? Fine, play him until half time, bring Kelly off the bench, give him 45 minutes, give him a taste. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly that. I think you're right. I think I was just thinking there about the options he's got, and yeah, 45 um, change the side up a bit. Um, because I think I think that's the thing. If they've got, if they've got a decent camp, I don't actually know how long they're going to spend together. Um, but yeah, um, you, we need to, as much as I've got faith in Gordon, Gordon's a brilliant shot stopper. Um, you do see him in some games and think this guy he's 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 got he's got an expiry date. Um, we wonder sort of what what he's going to what he's going to be doing at Hearts. I think he's going to be there for maybe another year. Um, it makes sense, like you say, about the in terms of the Euros and terms like a carrot. Um, I can't see him or Clark discussing him going out going out in the middle of a campaign. Um, and the Euros campaign obviously continues right till November, so. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's what we need because even if he gets injured, it's kind of you're throwing someone in there now who's got no game time, um, unless because Marshall's now out with the squad, so uh, we definitely need to address that. And before we uh, we move on completely for, from the English Championship, the guy that I wanted to mention, uh, saw him on Twitter. Uh, I saw somebody tweet about him on uh, well Twitter, obviously. Um, Tommy Conway. Does that name mean anything to you? Uh, yeah, uh, I haven't actually seen him. I haven't seen him play this season. Um, I think I've only heard that he's a striker. Um, and if he's been talked to, he's probably scoring goals. Um, well, so you're not wrong. Tommy Conway as uh, a Bristol City striker. Um, this is his. He had a bit of a, a few appearances last season, but this is his breakout season for Bristol City in the Championship. He is 20 years old. He's eligible for Scotland through his through a grandparent a grandparent. Uh, he's scored six goals in the Championship so far this season and was included in the under-21 squad uh, in September. Um, paragraph here from an article about him. Uh, the SFA were alerted to his availability last month, so that would have been in, in August, 
uh, as Taunton-born Conway qualifies through a grandparent and has been named in Scott Gemmell's squad for their doubleheader against Northern Ireland. Uh, so I don't think this is somebody that has grown up with blue blood in the same way that Scott McTominay did or Old McBurney did. I think this is somebody that just so happens to be available to Scotland. Uh, not sure that starting... I think, well, OK, it's a really good start to a season for a 20-year-old. Uh, six goals and two assists in the first 10 games. Um, not sure that that will be rewarded with a call-up to Clark's national team. We know how he operates, but it's certainly encouraging and it sounds like we've got one to keep an eye on. Yeah, no, that's it. I think it, you think there's someone at the SFA. One month ago is such a, like, not long at all. I think how many players are sitting there um, eligible for Scotland that we just don't know about. You need to hire someone just to be sitting on what's like Ancestry.com and just like, <laughs> <laughs> full time just finding out guys from Yeovil who are breaking through at 16 or Scottish. Um, <laughs> but um, no, it's, it, again, that's brilliant. There's um, there's a couple of young guys who uh, we thought maybe we were going to make uh, the breakthrough sort of in the last season, but uh, this guy, and that's a, that's a good, that's a really good return um, at that age. So um, if he can keep that up, he'll definitely get an under, another under-21 cap. Um and like I say, that position should be open. There should be a position in the squad open to people who are in form and scoring goals. And that at that rate, I mean, that's not too dissimilar to Dykes this season. Um, he's probably above Dykes, actually. I think Dykes has got five goals this season. Um, obviously, Dykes is not getting dropped, but you know what I mean? If, if players are there and scoring, goal, scoring goals, they, they pose a question to, to Clark. Um, oh, man, like, we're, like, when, when Dope comes, comes of age, uh, and if Elliot Anderson commits to Scotland, and then you've got Adams, and if Dykes keeps scoring, and this guy, and all this, like, we're we're stacked. <laughs> we're absolutely stacked. Yeah, the future does look pretty bright. Um, but I'm going to take a step back here, uh, and throw Ollie Burke at you. Ollie Burke, who is playing for Werder Bremen, mostly from the bench. Um, in fact, let me look here exclusively from the bench. But he's played in all but one Bundesliga games this season. Uh, he dug Clark out a hole in Clark's first game three and a half years ago now against Cyprus. But still only 25. Scored against Dortmund uh, this season, a late winner uh, for Werder Bremen, which was quite an, an extraordinary move, to be honest, for Ollie Burke. I mean, he's, he's at 25 years old, he's already a journeyman. Uh, he's played for <laughs> Forest, Millwall, Celtic, West Brom, Leipzig, Deportivo, Alaves, Sheffield United. I mean, he's been in a lot of places, um, but one place he's not really been in the last wee while is a Scotland squad. Um, do you think it'll stay that way? Um, probably, but see, the way, the way you talked it, and I remember seeing a couple of the, the goals he scored, because he scored a couple in quick succession when he went across here. Um, just looking here, it was against Stuttgart and Dortmund. And uh, it was... He was using his speed for the goals. It was catching tired defenders, um, running through, slotting it past the keeper with good finishing. Um, so if you just look at it as what one thing that we've always said about the squad is if something's not going well, we don't really have a second option. Ollie Burke is a second option. He's someone who comes off the bench and scores. Um, now, I'm going, to, I'm going to butcher this, but did he not come off the bench and score against Cyprus yes. in the first game? Yeah. Um, so I think I don't I don't expect to see him to be honest with you. But it's another player who if, I mean it's, it's something that if, if he if he can exploit that I think he, his his conduct and his sort of fitness and stuff were sort of mm. that was the reason given at the start of the season for him not getting starts. But maybe his manager there has just now thought actually you're a great super sub. So 
Yeah, yeah. no, he's, he's, he's nice to have as an option, potentially, um, if we're looking at something a bit different. I guess that's it. The pool now is so so wide and deep. Um, and if you've got guys like that, and he was to, if he was to score four or five in, um, over the course of a, a month or two, he, he's definitely asking Clark. Because um, I mean, Bundesliga is a, a massive competitive league, obviously, out with Bayern. But, um, yeah. Sure. Well, um, one player that we didn't really touch on much was Alan Campbell. I think I briefly mentioned him uh, when we were talking about championship players, that we don't really have many midfielders in his mould. Uh, he was given a few minutes against Armenia, was it, uh, in the game away from home, I think, uh, maybe five, ten minutes at a push. Luton fans absolutely loved him last season as they got to the playoffs. Do you think that a place in the Scotland squad regularly should be in his immediate future rather than just a possibility? Mm, eh, maybe not immediate future, but I mean, the thing is, as you said, he's had game time under Clark. Um, he's playing well. So yeah, now, like you say, he's been getting loads of um, positive feedback from um, from Luton fans um, on Twitter, etc. Luton are, uh, they're sitting, they're all right this season. They're sitting 10th. Uh, I think they said they've drawn a lot of games, um, but they're not losing them. Um, so again, they're another side towards the top. Just, just looking at that, there's so many. It must be at least nine, or at least maybe eight, of the top ten sides in that championship have all got Scots that are like either in the Scotland squad or, or crying out to be in one. So let's look. Yeah. So Blackburn, Higham, Sheffield United, yeah. McBurney, and I think Fleck's still there, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Gerard Dykes, Norwich, take your pick. Um, <laughs> Watford, no. One's in seventh. I've got Jay Fulton in midfield. I think. Yeah, he should. He should have had a cap yeah. years ago. Maybe not so much now. But uh, Preston, Liam Lindsay, Millwall, Murray Wallace, yeah. Luton, Alan Campbell, Reading, Tom McIntyre, Sunderland, Ross Stewart. Uh, Ross Stewart. So between second and twelfth, all but one of those teams has a Scottish player playing as a, an important role in in, in those sides. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's exciting, um, and I think also just we are we all like watching football that's got Scottish players involved, and so I guess that's what drags us towards championship games. Um, and if you've got players that are prominent Scottish players, um, either fighting for a call up or in the squad, um, we're going to be watching it. Um, but you're just sitting there. McBurney's got seven goals this season. The top scorer in that league, um, well, between Yates and Rodriguez, are on nine. <laughs> so, so there you go he's, he, he's missed quite a few games as well so. yeah, he, missed, he missed the first two and then he missed another midway through his goal scoring run so McBurney really seems to have turned a corner after what was a really barren and unpredictable uh, couple of seasons it was unpredictable certainly in his off-field behaviour so uh, it looks like he's maybe screwed it up a wee bit here McBurney and he might have a Scotland future after all um, and let's not forget McBurney I know he, he gets a hard time and, and his performances for Scotland haven't been all great he's come close to scoring on a few occasions but he did stand up and bury a penalty in Belgrade uh, under the most extreme pressure so all those performances haven't been great I, I think we're in the same wavelength Alan and mm. would certainly welcome back welcome him back for another opportunity to, to prove what he can do yeah absolutely completely agree with you there yeah well I think that just about uh rounds it all off in terms of names that we've not really mentioned I did have uh, Leon King written down I think it's too soon for, for Leon King yeah yeah I'd agree with that ah, it was such a shame um, and I think the thing is I know a lot of people um, I, well I just said the old firm they've had every right to sort of uh, rejoice in uh, the other side's defeats 
it's as just a neutral Scotland fan, you're like, you don't want to see these young guys uh, have to go through that. But it's big European games, it's learning curves. Um, yeah, um, it maybe a bit more time for him. But I think Lowry came on, so that's positive. Yeah, he looks a good player, doesn't he? Yeah, again, I think uh, one for the under-21s at the moment and then see what he can do over the next three, four, five years. So, yeah, exciting to see another talented player. We've covered plenty of talented players in this Hand and Roar podcast. We've spoken about players that have been in and out and on the fringe, like Liam Kelly, uh, David Turnbull, Lewis Ferguson, Ross Stewart, Jacob Brown. We've spoken about those not involved that maybe should be at some point um, in this international break, heading into... Uh, the qualifier starting in March as well. The guys over in MLS, Ryan Gold, Lewis Morgan, looks unlikely. Uh, the guys in Serie A, especially Liam Henderson, not been involved before. And then down south as well in the championship, Dominic Hyam, Liam Lindsay. And then uh, we touched on uh, Tommy Conway as well there, but I think maybe a bit too soon for him. And then hopefully, as Alan says, the youngsters like Ben Doak and Elliot Anderson, although at, at different stages of their career, are still very much um, at the start of it and uh, we'll see plenty of them to come um, especially if Ben Doak keeps motoring on at the rate he's doing in Liverpool's youth team at the moment and with the Scotland under 21 so that was a good chat uh, I'll know when we uh, when we said that we would do this we did say it should only be half an hour just the two of us just a quick pod pretty sure that's been almost an hour and a half we've been uh, going on <laughs> so yeah it was great to get on and when the squad gets announced which probably will be the start of next week I'd imagine if the game's on the 16th, the squad will probably be announced on Monday the 7th or Tuesday the 8th. So we'll have a, a chat maybe about some of the ones that have made it. Maybe there will be a few surprises, you never know. Um, but thanks very much for coming on, Alan, as always. Nice, cheers. Thank you, man. Sports Social Podcast Network.